jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Christmas 2020 is a thing of the past. Christmas is over. It's canceled, didn't you hear? Yesterday's news. Um, I have to say. I mean, this was a sucky-ass Christmas, right? Why? Well, I mean, it wasn't the best, you know. I made my, my, you know, I did, did, I dipped things in chocolate. We went to the carolings. We, we looked at all the lights. The, you know, I went to, I was in the singing Christmas tree. I had a great Christmas, Stacey, so I don't know what you. I have questions. Being a Grinch. I have questions already. Yeah? You dipped things in chocolate. Did you dip edible things or just like, oh, a pencil? Have you tried them? They're delicious. (laughs) I mean, it's your business. Dip whatever you want to dip in the chocolate. I'm doing it right now. Okay. (laughs) Don't knock it till you've tried it. A number two pencil and a nice ganache. (laughs) Perfect. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas did suck. You're right. Yeah, it sucked. And so I said to myself, what could make this worse? What could what what could I do to really revel in the Christmas blues this year? (laughs) I did it. Do you know what I'm going to say? Uh, well, I know you didn't watch Wonder Woman 1984, but... <laughs> no, I didn't, but I watched something else. Oh, no. What did you do? Well, after last week's episode, where you hyped up... Oh, no! <laughs> a little film called Last Christmas. <laughs> I said, now's the time. If there's ever going to be a time, now is it. Oh, no! And while you did say it was not a good movie, and I knew this going in, I said this is not going to be a good movie, but I did it anyway. Um, still, I feel that I am entitled to a cash settlement. <laughs> Because, because, not because it was bad. I mean, it was bad. It just doesn't work. It's insane and not in an appealing, funny way. Yeah, I just don't understand. It is a magnetic poetry movie. (laughs) It just doesn't gel. Emma Thompson just threw the bones and then interpreted them (laughs) for the script. Yeah, she was reading some fucking tea leaves and then typing out whatever came to mind. It doesn't work. Um, I, On one hand, I decided to not be cynical. And I said, I am going to just appreciate this surface level diversity. <laughs> I'm going to appreciate this multicultural cast. I'm going to appreciate the fact that she threw a lesbian couple in there for no reason. I'm just going to say, well done. And let that, let that sit. However, why am I contacting the law offices of Trantolo and Trantolo and telling them I mean business and I want a cash settlement? (laughs) Is because one of the selling points from one Anthony Hudson, Gaylord (laughs) of Darkness. Is it Haunted Dollar Grifter? (laughs) Is that Michelle Yeoh was a grifter named Santa. She technically is grifter adjacent. (laughs) There's a world of difference between grifter and grifter adjacent. And I don't think she even qualifies as grifter adjacent. She's not a grifter. She just has a series of failed businesses. (laughs) She's just a bad capitalist. Until somehow she gets this Christmas shop where the rent in that location must be two million fucking dollars a month. And yet she's able to sustain by selling Christmas ornaments year round. And I kept waiting for the grift. And so when she meets, she meets this weird German 
dude. And I'm like, oh, shit, he must be like Interpol or something. He's going to bust her. I can't wait. Oh, no. I hope she gets away with all of her crimes. Oh, no. I kept waiting for crimes. You have made a much better movie (laughs) than what Emma Thompson could even have dreamt of. No, instead, Michelle Yeoh just falls in love with the weird German man because they both love Christmas. (laughs) Where was the grift? Where were my crimes? So they set it up. They set it up right that she loves Christmas. And yes, she has this shop in Soho. (laughs) Or Piccadilly Circus. I'm not sure where it was, but she has their shop. And she and and somehow she sustains it, but then it's established that her name isn't actually Santa, right? She just likes Christmas, so she named herself Santa. But then you find out that she changes her name according to whatever business she's running. So when she had like the pet store, she was Kitty, and when she had the muffin shop, she was wasn't it Muff or Muffy? Or yeah. Uh, so my question is: Is she actually? I took. I read a subtextual. Re- Stacy, a queer. This was a queering of it. Of, of the oh, text. please! A queering of the text, Stacy. Where is she? She does she actually like Christmas even at all, or is she just putting this on like when she ran the pet shop and the muffin shop and now the Christmas shop? And is she actually a Black Widow killer and she's going to kill the German man for his money? I see. Well, you didn't tell me that it was all available at (laughs) fanfiction.net. I was told she was a grifter and I was waiting for crimes. If you subscribe to my Pizzagate message board, (laughs) I didn't know I had to to go to your Wattpad to read about your (laughs) Michelle Yeoh is a grifter theories. Stacey, are you even a movie viewer in 2020? If you're not going on and cross-checking with Rotten Tomatoes and the fan theories and reading the Vulture.com ending explained article, then I don't think you're getting the full universe of the film. You're right. My fault. My fault. (laughs) But I think, I think you have a pitch for Emma Thompson and for the Last Christmas Extended Universe. (laughs) Yeah, for the sequel. For Santa, Santa 2, Last Christmas, Santa's Day Out. You're lucky that she is so perfect. (laughs) I love, though, that you anticipated this world. And yes, I said the word grifter, but I love how much... This is classically gay lords where, like, we get ourselves excited for rings because we know Sadako's going to be a stewardess asking chicken or fish. It doesn't happen. We hate ourselves. You got so amped up for last Christmas. I say grifter. Granted, yes, it was an ill use of the term, but you take it to she's Carmen Sandiego fighting Interpol (laughs) in a movie about a woman dating a ghost. Because I was like, oh, I know she's a grifter. And so when she was like, why are you such a bad employee in my Christmas shop? I was like, this is all a ruse. What's going on? And then, you know, the Amelia Clark character at one point was like, she's got all these connections, these Chinese connections. And that's why she gets these weird ornaments. And I'm like, maybe they're full of drugs. Like, I don't know. (laughs) And then the weird German man starts lurking around and they're making eyes at each other. And I was like, oh, shit, he knows who she really is. He knows about all her past crimes. I didn't know they were falling in love. (laughs) I was waiting for a bust. So, this is Narco Season 5 or whatever, the Santa (laughs) Chronicles. Stacey, I think you've accidentally, much like one Annabelle, I think you've accidentally read so much into something that wasn't there. Thanks to a little push. I'm Alfred Woodward giving you that little push. And you are reading a little bit more there that actually is expanding the, the innate Christmas magic of last Christmas. I see. Who knew this was all happening? There were signs, remember, when when Amelia Clark... Oh, is Amelia Clark not just awful in the movie? I mean, her character. <laughs> the character was absolutely reprehensible. I thought she did a, actually a, as good of a job as we could hope for. No, like, she... As an actress, I'm like, she's fine. Yeah. She did good. But, like, the character is just so written, so... What are you supposed to like about this person? <laughs> Yeah, and what um, on what planet is any woman who dates men going to get hit on by Henry Golding and say, no thanks? Exactly. 
this this does not compute either. And was it a romance? They had no they had no charisma together. I was no. I did not understand if it was supposed to be a romance. Like it was sold because it didn't read as a romance between them. They just no. hung out occasionally on a bench. But well, that's the thing. It couldn't. It was like it wasn't a romance, and it wasn't the comedy. It kept pushing towards either, and so it was just like, what is happening? And why is Emma Thompson Yugoslavian? <laughs> The number one question. Well, so she could comment on Brexit because she had a platform and she knew that she had to say something in a movie full of nothing to be said. But (laughs) as Amelia Clark, as unlikable as she is, when she runs to go to the audition for Rob Delaney and the mean people, she runs to that audition and she leaves the place wide open. So Michelle Yeoh, Carmen Sandiego Santa, Carmen Santiago goes in and makes it look like a robbery and she breaks the window herself to fool the the constables. I know. And she complained about it and said, look what you made me do. I'm a good person. You made me do a bad thing. And stupid Stacy, who listened to Anthony is sitting there going, oh, you're not a good person though, are you? <laughs> you're, you're protecting the you're drugs. Pro- you're protecting all the drugs in those ornaments. And Rudolph. This is all part of your big grift. I can't wait for this to unfurl. No, she just had a Christmas shop and loved some weird dude for some reason. The end. Merry fucking Christmas, Stacy. Oh, well, at least she's perfect. At least she's perfect regardless. But she, she Is she not the standout of the film? Oh, of course. She is incredible. And Michelle yeah. Yeoh is a goddamn saint. Also, it's nice to see her. I mean, even though she got to do nothing in the movie except play a bizarre character, it's nice to see her do something where she isn't just, like, either the villain or fighting. Right, yes. It's like, oh, look at that. We can yeah, hire she's... actors to do more than what we know them for because we're racist. Right. Yep. Yeah. So... <sighs> You'll be hearing from my attorneys. I will look forward to, I'll be waiting for Aaron Brockovich to walk up. Thank you. Between this steps. and my, between this and my mesothelioma case, <laughs> my cash settlements are going to be rolling in in 2021. 25 cents for 2020. <laughs> yeah. So I can get that gum I've been saving up for. So then <clears throat> I decided to uh, double feature it up. With Last Christmas? To, to, yeah, so Christmas had a, I was like, let's have a misery double feature. Because <laughs> today is terrible, so I did you last ha- Christmas. You hadn't had enough. Yeah. And then I uh, did the movie we're going to talk about this week, The Children. Hell yeah, you did. 2008. And let me tell you, I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. So when I say misery, it's just that it's a very mean, spirited film. Yes, it is. And I could not be happier. I It's a delight from start to finish. So you had some holiday cheer then. I did, yeah. Hey, at yeah. least you did last Christmas first, so then you got the joy of impaled children and, <laughs> yeah. and puke tents and all of that. Yep. Yeah. It was really the way to end it. And what a what an appropriate movie for Christmas 2020. Oh. <sighs> It just really feels timelier than ever. Mm-hmm. A virus. <laughs> people are sick. Everyone's people. insufferable. You don't want to visit people. <laughs> right. And then everyone dies. Yeah, and then everyone dies. I I had not seen this movie for... I, I, I mean, Jason showed it to me really early on when we first started dating, so I haven't seen it for at least 10 years. Um, <laughs> and I... I was really intrigued. Like, oh my God, I remember loving this movie. However, that was horror movie viewer Anthony 10 years ago. Right. That cellularly, that's 1.3 different Anthonys. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll see if this works still. And I fucking love it. Yeah. I love it. I love this movie. It's a Me joy. Too. I don't know. It's It's a strange movie because it's kind of like everybody has seen it pretty much. And yet it's never talked about, it's never mentioned, you never see it listed anywhere. I was thinking about that. Yeah, it, it just always is like kind of tucked on the back of a list, maybe, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. If it's a list about killer kids. Yeah, but like when it comes to holiday movies, nobody mentions the children. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone's listing their holiday films, and this is never on there. Yeah, they'll come up with some excuse why Swamp Thing is a Christmas movie. <laughs> you know, or whatever, but an actual Christmas movie. We're like, nah, no thanks. He looks like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Adrian Barbeau puts a little tinsel on it. <laughs> yeah. Collectible ornaments. Yeah, but I, I just love that this movie is... All business. There's no fat on this movie. It's very lean. It's very mean from beginning to end. It just starts where it's going to go, and then it goes, and then it's over real quickly. It's under an hour and a half. It wraps up so fast that I said, wait, is this the end? Oh, I remember how this ends. Uh Uh-oh. And then it was over, and I was shaken. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing extraneous. You, You learn about the characters through their dialogue, sure. But like, you know, uh, you know, Elaine and Jonah and their kids are going to go visit her sister and their kids for Christmas. Yay. One of the kids, we have seen nothing about him at all. He gets out of the car. He's infected. It just starts. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Get straight to the business. See this sickly child. They don't say that he's sick yet, but he's acting fucking weird mm-hmm. and coughing and all this stuff. And then all it takes is having these adults hanging out in a room. Like, they show up, then they're all sitting, you know, the adults are hanging out in the den or whatever, the kitchen talking. And you see just kids screaming and freaking out and playing loudly in their room above. And all it takes is the shot of one little girl looking terrified at this little child that's sick and playing with, like, a xylophone. And you're like, oh, this is going to get good, and I know where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kids get infected. I really love um, Tom Shanklin, the director. I'm like, he. It looks like he moved into television work. After yeah, this. I was wondering what else he did, but I didn't look it up. Because I would like to see more. Because he's willing to let pictures tell the tale. Mm-hmm. So just children sitting around quietly can be very sinister. <sighs> it's so upsetting. <laughs> I got, honestly, I got, like, this Descent vibes with this movie. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Like, in the Descent, for me, and I've probably said this on the show a thousand times, like everything else, but that movie, I was terrified before the monsters showed up. Mm -hmm. Because of the claustrophobia and all this stuff. This movie, these children are terrifying before they're even rage-infected, whatever, virus kids. Yeah. Like, they are just insufferable little shits that are monsters. (laughs) And they are loud and rowdy and weird and adorable and terrifying. The, like, screaming, running around. Like, I know this is how it is when there are... Sometimes it only takes one child. But when there's more than one children and families are together and I realize that parents are capable of just kind of letting that happen and not... To me, it's like... I'm going to stick my head in a microwave so I don't so I don't have to listen to this anymore. Like it just is insufferable. Mm-hmm. And so it's like okay, the kids are having fun, whatever, whatever. But then he'll show them in the bedroom being totally quiet in their own world, not communicating with each other. Maybe one is like making robot noises or something. Mhm. And all of those shots are so sinister. And it's like, that could be just the kids are kind of being chill and hanging out. But it's somehow terrifying by the way they're framed or the fact that we know some shit is going to happen. Yeah. Or whatever. Seeing their faces, um, the little blonde girl, Miranda. Yeah. She is so... Uh, they really found some amazing child actors for this. And I think she's yes. maybe the most amazing. But... um. Second, maybe only second to uh, the little the little girl that lives with the brown eyes and the darker hair, mm-hmm. um, with the giant like she has the cutest mo- like kawaii face <laughs> with her giant eyes. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, they were both just so creepy. But with Miranda, like she looks so genuinely terrified sometimes. But you, there's an elusive quality to her expressions that you sometimes can't tell if she's infected yet or if she's horrified and scared. I think, like, this time it really hit me. You're totally right. I think the way I interpreted that was she's infected and she knows it and she knows it's not right. 
And as she watches these kids, she knows that she's going to be acting like that next. Yeah, she knows she doesn't feel right, and she knows these impulses are bad. Because, you know, sometimes they would show the images that are we can assume are, like, flashing through the kids' minds. Like, the violent scenes before they Mm. do anything. Um, And so I think the fact that she's a little bit older... Like, because the, the other kids are younger and they just kind of get sick and live their lives and then start, you know, live stabbing the, and poking and, you live, know. Laugh, love, murder. <laughs> yeah. But I think she's old enough to know that what she's feeling isn't right. Mm-hmm. And so she's afraid of them and I think she's afraid of what's happening to her. Yeah. I think. Yeah, there's so many moments with her, like... Early on, there's a moment with her in that fucking, oh, that yellow murder tent is so terrifying to me, <laughs> yeah. where they keep their yeah. trophies, <laughs> but like, <laughs> there's, she's sitting in that yellow murder tent, or outside it or something, and I don't think she's fully evil yet, but yeah, it's just, there, it, she is so hard to read, and yeah. she flips every now and then, because like, like, the kids will come and kind of, kind of come in and out of the sickness, and it's just, that's what makes it the more distressing is that you know it's coming, but you don't know exactly where the kids are at yet. And are they just being insufferable, very ill-behaved children? Right. Or are they about to murder you? Or both. And I think that's something that speaks to people's genuine fear of children in general and why there are killer kids movies. Yeah. <laughs> is that sometimes you don't know how far a kid might take playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of, they live in their own little world. Yeah. You know. And also these, these these kids are also really manipulative at times. Like yes. she'll play up the, oh no, I don't feel good. And then go in for a hug. And you can see by the expression on her face that she's just play acting. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's very disturbing. And I, I, I am someone that I actually really enjoy chill, like being around kids. I think they're really funny and weird and, um, and joyful. But then there's always those moments like in this where it's just like you'll see like I used to work in a toy store. It was well, it was an art gallery, but it was it was basically a toy store. And um, kids would come in. We were next door to an ice cream shop, and kids would come in from the ice cream shop with their ice cream, and they would get all hyped hepped up on sugar, and then they'd smear their ice cream fingers on everything, and then they'd start screaming because they want the toys. And like I remember watching a kid get dragged out of the ice cream shop, literally holding onto the door, and both parents are pulling this kid out, and the kid screaming. Ugh. All the way down the street, like <laughs> screaming bloody murder, everyone stopping and staring. And like that was a daily occurrence. Ugh. So like this is I'm saying hashtag not all children, but also everyone has just like we've all been terrible teenagers, children always sure. have these horrific moments. And this really plays up those moments of instinctual innate human fear of the unruly child. Yeah, yeah. I just they're so anathema to me as a woman. Like, I just have never wanted to have children. You don't have Uh, that impulse. I just don't have that impulse. That's not how I'm wired, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the scene where um, stuff has started to happen and one of the dads, Robbie, takes the kids outside to play to, like, distract them and all that stuff. I was like, I just don't have that like he just took them out and they're screaming and going crazy and he's just like okay come on let's do this yay blah blah blah. and i'm just like i would just run away like you would just see me (laughs) running (laughs) i would just be running straight into the woods never to be seen again (laughs) come on kids and cut to (laughs) stacy bolting it through the snow (laughs) yeah just gone and these little shits just standing out confused be like Oi, where is she going? Where is she going? <laughs> Mommy! Come back, we want to scone! Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's just not, they're so loud. They're so, in this, that's the thing with the, this opening scene of the movie. Well, actually, all uh, of the movie until they start murdering everyone. They only become quiet when they start murdering people. Yeah. But it's just the constant volume. And, like, the parents genuinely are used to that. I was used to that at the toy store. But, like, just volume. It's yeah. so, it just, ugh. It just grates. And that's the thing, that as, the, as someone that does like kids, like, that's the part of me that's, like, I don't think I could be a parent, though, because then I think of those realities. Yeah. Like, there's the really sweet kid who's cute and smart, and you can dress them up in funny clothing. And then there's that flip side. 
Right. <laughs> Which is what it is. I mean, that's that's kids. I don't hate children yeah. or anything. I just, you know, they're just not for me. Yeah. They're not for me. If I'm with a friend who has a kid, like, that's fine. I don't, you know, I'll play with it. Like, that's totally <laughs> whatever. That's what you call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Enough about me. This just movie is just so nasty. I genuinely forgot. I remember I remembered the murder tent and how much that creeped me out. I forgot about how brutal it gets. Yeah. I forgot about how fearless it is. Like I rem- I I just completely forgot so much about the movie and I forgot how unafraid to kill these kids. <laughs> it's very rare. And not just, right. I mean, the kids brutally murder people. Right. But even with the adults, we get, like, some cutaways. Mm-hmm. Or you'll get it, it happens really fast, and then new scene. What I yeah. guess is a cutaway. But then, <laughs> with the kids, like, it kind of lingers on some of these moments. And that, like you said, that is rare. I applaud it, you know? Not that I'm like, yeah, look, I want to see kids get killed or whatever. But it's <laughs> we just never see it. And like you said, it's unafraid to go there. These kids are impaled hit with cars like it's just <laughs> and every time everyone sitting on the couch stands up and goes yeah like you're watching <laughs> <football>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm into it the m- murder really of children this bo- uh, the movie <laughs> the movie can you say, lean into my brooch and say that a little <laughs> bit louder Stacey? <laughs> I love it when the children get killed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Noted. Yeah, it's it's so like what what uh, that scene you described where they lead the dad out or he takes them out to distract them, right? And and mm. Casey, who's like the teenager, was that her name, Casey? Yes. Yeah. The teen. She's like the cool teen with the tattoo of a <laughs> her, her tattoo of like a fetus on her belly button. Because yeah, she was the angel fetus. Yeah, because she was the abortion that lived or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> she's just such a little emo shit. But I like her because she also captures that thing about being a teenager and not wanting to be one of the kids anymore, but also not liking the adults. Right. And the, the movie was, does a really good thing with this this sort of weird generational ascent and the difference between these generations or these these sub ages, I guess, or whatever. Um. But she's going off to the weird part of the 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 property out in that's the other thing that makes this creepy is it's like British countryside. Um <laughs> where they everyone lives in they they live in this fucking barn castle thing. It, <laughs> a frame upon a frame upon a frame. Yeah, in the woods. Um and she's running off to the one part of the, the woods where there's tree where phone, there's phone service behind a pile of logs. Which, actually, that pile of logs is never used to crush any children, I realized just now. Yeah. But um, she's running off, and then the, the other dad is taking out the kids, and then what? They're, like, playing with him, playing with him, and then he gets on the sled, and then they sled him down, and the kid just pushes this other sled down in front of him with a some kind of spiky truck hitch or something attached a garden hoeing trowel implement. Yes, a British trowel thing. Yeah. Right in the face. Sledding yeah. right into that thing, into his face. Yep. And then you see poor Helena Peabody from the L Word, <laughs> who is the only actor I recognize. No, no. I also knew Ava Birth. Ava Birth is so. Ava is <laughs> I also knew her from something else. I can't remember what, but. She was in Wakewood. I don't know if you ever saw that. Mm mm. That was good. Um, I enjoyed that one. And she was also in, I'm sure there are people out, homos out there. She was in Imagine Me and You. Yes, yes. She was in that. And then, oh, there was another one. But she's not the Doctor Who. She's not the Doctor Who. She just looks like the Doctor Who. She just looks like the Doctor Who. Well, so she, anyway, I know her in it. But Helena Peabody from The L Word is married to, to 
to creepy dad because he's also like hitting on Casey throughout the opening Ugh. of the film, and it's really repellent. And like he like wants to see her tattoo and stuff because he'll like point at her belly button and be like, "Hey, what's that?" As they sit alone in the shed smoking, Ugh. it's fucking creep. And I just I love when Helena Peabody walks in on them, and then later she gets revenge by being like, "Oh, is that a tattoo?" in front of her mom at dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Elena Peabody's sitting out in the snow. Like, she's out in the snow for two hours with this guy's corpse. And then the, it, it becomes kind of a, for me, I feel like it became, as these kids begin to get more and more sick and we get more of the goopy puke, like that yellowy. Ugh. It reminded me of um, the perfection and that gross, like, egg yolk puke. Yeah. Ugh. But you get that and the kids are starting to spiral out. And then, um,. It kind of, for me, it became this testament to just how heterosexuals are insane. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where you see these two parents, they're so wrapped up in their children between Helena Peabody and, and then the dad that I thought was hot until he turned out to be the worst character in the movie. Um... (laughs) You see, they convince themselves that it can't be the little kids that are trying to murder them. It's Casey, the teenager. Right. Well, there's, that's the thing is like, I, I enjoy the sort of the, the judgment that has been subtle that comes to the surface, which is obviously Elaine had Casey when she was very young, a teenager herself. Yes. And while everybody pretends it's okay, Casey is the black sheep of the, of the family. Um, Elaine has had two more children with Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not her real dad. And then you see that Elaine's sister is judging both Elaine and Casey for the fact that she's, you know, she was a teen mother and she's yeah. got this surly teenage child. Yeah. Especially since earlier on, you know, Elaine was like, oh, you're the perfect, like to her sister, was like, oh, you're the perfect mother because she's like the homeschooler who's, you know, every time the kids do something, it's like, oh, you're going to get another gold star. You know. I live for and, a gold then... star chart, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, when she offered a gold star to somebody, I was like, would I be such a fool sucker to fall for that? Yes. Don't you want a gold star? Is that such a reward to be like... Here's a gold star. Like, what we fucking do? I can draw one you, in two seconds. You get to put it in your chart. I see. Maybe. I mean, I didn't have that sort of. My parents were just like, do this. And I'd be like, all right. Well, yeah. But did you have a sticker book? Well, yeah. So imagine a gold star that you gets added into the sticker book that says Stacy is good. I see. I believed in myself, Anthony. I didn't need a sticker to tell me, okay? (laughs) 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 No, my parents never did any of that kind of woo-woo, like... I don't know. I was, as people I'm sure could tell, I was just left up to my own devices. Not in terms of, like, they didn't give me clothes and food, but it was pretty much like, okay, go on now. Go find something to do. If only we had any clues. If only. (laughs) If only my adult personality gave any hints. (laughs) I feel you on that. Um, I think. I think too, though. With like the, this is also there's a generational thing happening with these parents too, and with parents in general, where like before, I think up to probably my generation, I had uh, older parents, and so they were applying some older parenting techniques than what my generation's parents were pretty much doing which my parents would you know they were like well here's a tv tray and a television (laughs) yeah um here's a vcr you press play and so i had that and meanwhile other parents were more leaning into this more hands-on touchy-feely i guess what there was like dr spock back in the day right but 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 with like the 90s and that it became much more like Oh, let's let's. What do the kids want? And then there was like the weird hands-on parenting where you that where you never let go of the child and like you're always holding them and the the gold star parenting. And that's who like Helena Peabody seems to be here in this yes. film. Yeah, and the dad that's bonding the hot until he's not hot dad who's bonding with the kids by like he speaks to them in Chinese and they you know have their little secrets together and stuff. The very hands-on, like, we're not, we're the cool parents who are, like, you know, whatever with our kids. Yeah. Well, you could tell but, she would be like that because she has, she was wearing that headband. She's that headband. Everything about the, and the the house in the countryside. Floor-length cardigan sweater. 
that horrible Spartacus <laughs> Right, like that just kind of clued you in, I guess. Yeah. But she was like, oh no, ha ha ha, we're, we're both great parents, ha 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 ha, until the shit hit the fan. And then it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, the, the surly goth teen and her teen mom are the ones to blame for this. Yeah, exactly. And so. they, they just leave her. How? Oh my God. I mean, that's how, if I had any complaints about this movie, which I honestly don't, but I, if I did, I would have one complaint and it's that. We don't see Jonah's horrible, miserable death. Yeah. Jonah being the dad that I keep referring to, who was I thought was hot at first, and then he just turned out to be insufferable. Yeah. He is a monster. Yeah. And when you see, like, when it reaches that point where everything, shit has hit the fan, Helena Peabody's lost her mind and is off hanging out with the children as they're ripping out her earrings and murdering her, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is amazing. But, like, she's convinced herself it's Casey. The other dad has played into it. He's, like, he just decides, well, he's going to take, um, it was Miranda, right? Mm-hmm. Little Blondie? Yeah. He's going to take little perfect Blondie Miranda, who, granted, is very cute. And he just grabs her, and he just he's just going to leave the family and go get help or whatever. But it seems like he's just fleeing. He's just fleeing. He's not going to get help. He's yeah, and taking daddy's little girl, and they're going to count in Chinese together on the drive to, to safety. Yeah. And his wife, Elaine, Ava Bethesda, is just, she has had, she has, meanwhile, while trying to get fucking Polly off of a jungle gym, the first sick child, she has uh, suffered a compound fracture in her shin. It's horrific. And he, like, just, like, picks her up and knocks her onto a couch. Yeah. No regard for her well-being. She's trying to hobble around, and he just knocks her on the couch and basically like more like injures her more mm-hmm. and then little miranda you know runs in and is like hey, hey mommy be nice to the other shit kids and then pulls out the 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 bits that are holding her um the legs yeah the splints together that's holding her leg together she just pulls the splints out and runs off yeah well elaine is the mother without morals she gave yes. birth to Casey. This is Casey's fault. So she doesn't have to be regarded at all or treated humanely. See, and I hadn't... I What I love about, about talking about this now is that I had not taken in that read on their treatment of Elaine, too. Like, I, I definitely took it on with how they talk about Casey and how they treat Casey. Mm-hmm. And that she has to be the killer. She has to be the one that hates these children and is doing this and is causing all this bloodshed. But I hadn't really read. They, they they do. There is a lot of subtext in how they treat Elaine, and then there is the fact that he just abandons her and leaves her like that. Mm-hmm. And it's totally because she was what that she was the slut mm-hmm. with the slut daughter. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then we get them teaming up. Right. <laughs> and it's pretty wicked. Yeah, I like that they. Uh, that I like that they're there for each other ultimately. Casey and Elaine because there is some friction early on like Casey didn't want to be there this weekend she wanted to go to a party and you can just tell that there's friction in the relationship but that ultimately they have each other's backs Mm -hmm. until uh, it's evident that Casey is also infected Mm -hmm. once you see her puking up that yellow white slime it's not gonna end well but it ends I like that it ends on you know it's not ambiguous necessarily but we don't have to have Casey going like like it's a you know just an unsettling ending we don't need like a jump scare or something yeah yeah you just see the puke you know that she's ill yeah that it's gonna take her next you know elaine knows that she's ill Mm-hmm. yeah it, it, and as oh my god how creepy the, the british countryside is terrifying <laughs> how to make it creepier than covering it in snow which is for some reason only like not even a centimeter high everywhere <laughs> and then <laughs> And then having all these little demon children emerge from the white of the snow in the trees mm-hmm. and surrounding her uh, yeah. as she's trying to get in their car and her mom's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a mean-spirited, nasty little movie, and I love it, and it's perfect Christmas 2020. Perfect yeah. Christmas movie. And Christmas and New Year's. It's it's more of a New Year's movie, but it, it starts with Christmas and it goes up to New Year's. Yeah. And it is a great uh, holiday film. Yeah. 
full of murdered children. Right, yeah. I just it, love, I just love, man, watching that scene in the greenhouse. I think I called it a shed earlier, but the greenhouse or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. When, when it's really hitting with Polly for the first time and he just keeps trying to take out Casey and Elaine and they're just like, are throwing him, Casey's throwing him into stuff and knocking things <laughs> over. Yeah. Once this movie, ki- I mean, it does start from like moment zero, basically. Like their car pulls up Polly gets out and he's sick and kind of weird. So it's like there's no, there's not a lot of before times, right? He's weird from the fucking get-go. He has yeah. no dialogue before he's infected. Um, but then once shit really gets real, it just goes to 10 and doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah, you get those impalings. You get, oh, it's just so satisfying. It is. When they're teaming up on the stairs and, and the mom, Elaine, is beginning to go a little catatonic and let, give up. And then Casey just breaks down the door and just pulls that kid's head or neck onto the broken shard of the wood. Yeah. It's amazing. It's hardcore. You don't see that kind of thing in movies. Usually movies uh, ter- get scared away from doing that. Mm-hmm. Not this one. Not this one. I so, really enjoy this movie. If you've never seen it... See it already, huh? Yeah, watch the children. Unrelated to the 1980 film. Right. Um, yeah, this is 2008. Same title. Yeah. Give it a go. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good, good little movie. Yeah, it is. If, <laughs> if Last Christmas didn't fill you with holiday cheer. Oh my God. The children will. <laughs> my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's all right. I think there's a few listeners who watched it also because of you, so... Oh, yeah. So this is the gift that just keeps on giving. Be careful of the power you wield as a podcaster, Anthony. (laughs) You must be mindful. But what if this is how I have to spread the curse? Oh, that could be the last Christmas curse. Yeah, in seven days, Michelle Yeoh or (laughs) Henry Golding or someone will show up at your house (laughs) and say, look up. (laughs) If Michelle Yeoh shows up at my house... I mean, that's not a curse. This that's a blessing. A, yeah, this is not a curse. This is, <laughs> that's a holiday miracle. My mess has been blessed. <laughs> anyway. Well, let's uh, turn a new leaf towards a new year and a new chopping block. Stacy, are you ready to place your head on the thing I just said? I am. I'm not going to say I hope my head gets cut off, but <laughs> after sometimes, what I've suffered. Sometimes it's kinder. Sometimes it's kind. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, after, while I wait for my cash settlement, uh-huh. um, I said, after this last Christmas debacle, I said, you know what? No new categories for Anthony this week. <laughs> this is the coal in my stocking. Yeah, this is the coal, is it? It's three old categories. How exciting. So. Out of 1,200 old categories that we still have to get to. That's right. I thought of no new ones. I said, my brain can't handle any more after this. And I well, shut it off. I think that's very uh, rightfully chosen and deserving. And okay. as, an, as an advance, if you will, on my, <laughs> um, my f- court fine, I have two new categories. Thank you. For you to choose right. from. In okay. addition to one old one. But hey, the, the, the play payments go in installments. So. Right. This is fine. You get this two. Is, right. I'll, I'll accept it. Um, I do remember this time. That you went first last time. You answered first last time. So I get to answer first this time. Oh, well, I can do this. I can give you some categories. But how um, how exactly for our New Year New listeners? Oh, yeah. In case this is Even though it's not New Year first, yet. First time on the old chopping block. Uh, someone chooses from three categories. Each category consists of five questions. You place your head on the chopping block. Our non-binary executioner, the heads they, approaches with their axe held high, ready to chop your head off. You have 10 seconds 
to answer a question. If you answer incorrectly or time runs out, you get your head cut off. Except one time you get to cry out, I want the wig. (laughs) 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 And upon uttering uh, these words, Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film (laughs) Halloween 2... You didn't know she was wearing a wig in that movie, did you? You could hardly tell. It was so convincing. It was so convincing and natural and realistic. Lace front fantasy. (laughs) Uh, That wig appears on your head. It confuses the heads they long enough to get you 10 extra seconds to answer the question. You think the heads they would have caught on by now? Yeah, I mean, we've we've called out for the wig so many times. You'd think they'd get it. But, you know, how long did uh, Superman and Clark Kent, how long did that charade go on? And that was just glasses. It was nothing but a pair of glasses. Imagine this wig on either of our heads. This coked out wig. <laughs> yeah, very confusing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my head is on the block. Well, I'm in that ready. case... I am going to present you with three categories, Stacey. Okay, I'm excited. Your your old category for an old year is... Stop with the Moira! <laughs> I can't, I just get possessed sometimes. God! <laughs> She's a saint and an icon. Your old category is with very special guest star, which is oh. all about... Um, appearances cameo appearances and and small roles in horror films from actors much larger than the film they're in uh then your next category is new year new me Mm. uh which actually has nothing to do with new year but new me it's about um recast actors so i name two franchise entries and in some cases three franchise entries and you tell me which character has been recast between those films that i name is this an old category with a new name. It's a variation on it. In the previous ca- in the previous one, it was What's My Names, where I name the character, and you have to tell me the actors that played them. In this I one, see. I name the film. Technically, it's a new category, Stacey. Mm. You'll <laughs> be hearing the from the law offices of Trantolo. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then your third category... Which is brand, brand, brand new and is not an old twist on a classic, if you ask me. Is, I believe the children are our future. And uh, this is not in, um, this is not about the hit song, The Greatest Love of All. This is in which you have to name the horror movies that aren't afraid to kill the kids. Just like in today's feature, The Children. So, your categories are with (laughs) Vesh... With very special guest star, New Year, New Me, and I Believe the Children Are Our Future. Well, when you do a timely category, I feel that I must choose it. (laughs) And so, uh, my barren womb cries out for the children. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do it. Just like Sally Struthers said it. All right. <laughs> I believe the children are our future. So I will describe Ugh. the film and I'm the good. child. Okay. And usually I'll name them. And then you just tell me what the movie is. They're actually super easy. I think you're going to get all of these. I don't know. For bonus points, if you sing the greatest love of all at any moment, um, you win. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Question one, Stacy. Our gal pals, Faculty of Horror, just did an episode on this film, which closes with Ophelia returning to her fairy kingdom as she bleeds out. Was that Pan's Labyrinth? Ding, 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 ding! All right, okay. <laughs> good job, good job, I've good never job. seen it, I've never seen it. Wait! Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to shame you because I haven't seen anything. But I've wow. got a, it's a blind spot for sure. It's it's actually a really good one. It's um one of the last good Del Toros. You're lucky uh, I'm a faculty of horror stan, so I know what they wow. just did an episode on. Wow. Or I guess I, I, I'm lucky, I guess, because my head would have been cut off. Good job. I heard the silence and I thought you had preemptively died. <laughs> so, wow. Good <laughs> no job. No such luck. No such luck. Good job. Wow. I'm impressed. I try to keep this to things that I know you've seen. Yeah, same. 
And uh, wow, okay, okay, well, okay, let's see how we're going. Okay, <laughs> question two. Little Maria wants to toss flowers in the lake. Instead, she gets tossed in. Frankenstein! Ding, 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 ding! Question three. A product test goes terribly wrong, or terribly right, for little Buddy and his parents when he puts on a hot new costume mask. Oh, Halloween 3, season of the witch! Ding, 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 ding! The poor Kupfer clan. (laughs) Question 4. Creepy little Eddie meets his fate at the hands of this toxic slime monster. Eddie? Toxic slime monster. Oh, I want the wig. Toxic slime. Toxic slime monster. I don't know. Is it the blob? No. Toxic slime. I love that he just threw it out and then rejected it. Like fourteen seconds. <laughs> Okay, you have overcome Stacy, and now I you're have. on the last But now question. I have, I'm fresh out of wigs. You're fresh out of wigs, but will you need it for this one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> will you make it to the, the New Year, New You finish line? Oh, God. Question five. Poor little Queen Kathy is killed, along with an ice cream man, when a street thunder warlord opens fire to menace the nearby jurisdiction. Assault on Precinct 15! Ding 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 Poor little Kim Richards being brutally shot killed. What a scene that is, man. Holy In moly. Feminist filmmaker John Carpenter's Assault <laughs> on Precinct 13. Wow. Well, how exciting. You won the chopping block. I won the chopping block. The last chopping block of 2020 for me. Yes. You conquered and you closed it out with Kim Richards, Stacy. <sighs> no better way to close it out. Yay. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you. Now will the tables will turn. Oh no. Oh no. The lazy Susan will point its <laughs> macabre. I don't know. I'm so bad at those Elvira things, you know. <laughs> the beauty parlor brain, I just don't have it. I've said this. <laughs> but but at least we have a lazy Susan. <laughs> For decapitation purposes. <laughs> Honestly. All right. So you have three old ass categories. Oh. From which to choose. Okay. Category one, the something of someone. I describe a movie. You tell me the name of the movie. Each movie title is in the format of the something of someone. Yes. Mm -hmm. This makes sense to you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Category two, say her name. I describe a movie. You tell me the movie title. The movie title is a woman's name. And category three, as seen on TV. I describe a made-for-television horror movie. You tell me the title of the made-for-television horror movie. These are easy breezy. I say let's, you know, end the year with two wins. We have the something of someone, say her name, and as seen on TV. You know, that's very optimistic of you, Stacey, because 2021 will end, but everything will still be shit into 2020. <laughs> or 2020 will end, but everything will still be shit into 2021. No, fresh start, fresh start. <laughs> it's the slate is wiped clean. Yes, yes. <laughs> the lazy Susan is scrubbed clean of the blood. lazy Susan has turned in our favor. <laughs> It's not the only time. <laughs> I, you know what? I want to go for the something of someone. Okay. I'm excited for her. I describe a movie. You tell me the title. Remember, the format is the something of someone. Yes. 
Yes, 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 yes. Okay, all right. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> Wait, didn't get... I do this one before and I died? You did, and you On did. On the first one? <laughs> you did, and you did. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> You'll get these, though. I bet you will. Okay. All right. Here we go. Question one, the something of someone. Sorority house mother Shelley Winters gets her satanic ritual on in what? 1978 made-for-TV film. The initiation of Sarah, please. Yes, ding, 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 ding. Oh. Question two. Which 2005 film starring Laura Linney as an ambitious lawyer is as much a courtroom drama as it is a horror movie? Oh, Laura Linney was in that? Um, uh, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh, oh. I just remember Shora Agadashlu, who I love. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I... And your Agadashlu. I could listen to her oh. talk, talk all day, every day. I I want I want to change my Siri and my Alexa and my smart home and my smart fridge and a smart oven. I want them all to just have her voice. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. I walk in wow, and she's wow. like, welcome home. <laughs> I love that voice. Hello, Stacey. It's 72 degrees outside. <laughs> Is it? Is it house? Tell me more. It's par- partly sunny. <laughs> oh, really? What time is it now? It's 5.31. <laughs> what time is it now, house? <laughs> now it's 5.32. Love her. I love her so much. She deserves better than what we give her. <laughs> Yeah, she really does. She's perfect. I think that was the first movie I saw her in, and I immediately said, who is this voice? Yeah. Okay. 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 Question three. The corpse in this 2016 film is full of secrets. Oh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. <laughs> yes, sorry, my mind. Did you forget you were playing? <laughs> my brain broke and I was still thinking about Shora Agadassi. <laughs> Understandable. Okay. Now we get tough, these last two. Remember the something of someone. Okay. Now we get tough? Okay. All right. I haven't seen this 2018 film about a young woman terrorized by an evil entity inside a corpse while she works the night shift in a morgue, but maybe it's okay. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Do you need a repeat? Yeah, I need a repeat. I'm sorry. Repeat-o. The film, 2018 film... About a young woman working a night shift in a morgue. She's terrorized by an evil entity that is in one of the corpses. I want the wig, first off. (laughs) In a morgue and it's 2018 and she's terrorized by an an entity in a corpse? But she works in a morgue? I've heard you mention this before. Have I seen it? I don't know. What? Um, the, the, the... The embalming of f- Fran. <laughs> yeah, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I won! <laughs> it's a pity Fran died so young. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> what? Is... The possession of Hannah Grace. Oh! I've heard you mention it before. I have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless that was just a dream I had. Oh! Is that the one Jason rented? Yes. And in the big... <laughs> I love that you're telling me this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we literally, we turned it on and then the first scene, he watched it. I only watched the first scene where like literally, it was a possession movie, but it was like, you know, a Blumhouse wannabe style possession movie. Which, did you see them remaking The Exorcist? Fucking yeah. Pineapple Express is doing that now. He's shitting on that now. <sighs> but, um... Um, they, the, the first scene, I was like, 
wow, exorcism movies really don't know what else to do. Because, like, the the opening scene, they walk into a room, and she's immediately levitating and throwing up and puking, and people, and she's like, <laughs> people are being impaled with shit. And it was just, like, insane. Like, they did not learn anything from the exorcist. It's just, let's just throw it all out in the very first scene. Oh. Wow. Wow, I completely forgot about that movie. Good deep cut. Yeah. Well, um, let me ask you the final question, see if you get it. It's also very hard, and I don't know that you've ever seen it. But As a New Year's special? As a New Year's special, we'll ask again. We'll scotch tape your head back on. Oh. <laughs> and see how well it holds. All right. Okay. This is my Christmas present to you. Oh, thank you. In addition to you being served papers by by the law offices of Trantolo and Trantolo. Because <laughs> now we're going to court, apparently. I don't just want a cash settlement. I want a trial. <laughs> you're, you're advocating for death. Yeah. I watched last Christmas. Do you people understand? This is not a movie I would ever fucking watch. I've never seen Pan's Labyrinth, but I've seen last Christmas. The prosecution would like to call forth Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> I'm like, this is, there's a prosecution? <laughs> this isn't a civil suit? Your Honor, Exhibit A. <laughs> a picture of Michelle Yeoh in the film Sunshine. Look at She's very attractive, as you can see. She's a botanist. Yeah. <laughs> She's a space botanist. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I've seen Last Christmas. Do you? How am I ever supposed to introduce myself to a woman ever again? Anyway. Well, that's what you lead with. Do I lead with that? Oh, I've never seen Pan's Labyrinth, but I've seen Last Christmas. <laughs> Stacy, ladies love a uh, Hallmark holiday. I see. Yeah, definitely the ones that I'm. Anyway, that you're courting. <laughs> That I'm courting. Yes, that's definitely the demographic for me. Okay. Anyway. So, your bonus question. Oh, yeah. This scary and sad 1977 film, also known as Full Circle, stars Mia Farrow as a grieving young mother haunted by the ghost of a cruel child. Oh, yeah. I don't know this. Sometimes it's good to know your limitations. It really is. Yeah, like, just get it over with, right? What's that one? That is The Haunting of Julia. Oh, see, I've heard that title. Yeah, it needs needs a next-gen release. I don't think it ever got a DVD release, and it certainly has not gotten a Blu-ray release. And I say, where is The Haunting of Julia? It's a beautiful film. It's scary. It's very sad. Mia Farrow's terrific. Man, I could use so much more Mia Farrow in my life. Yeah. Like, I have her on Twitter, and I love her there, but, like, I, I've only seen... I've seen her in so little stuff, and I need to watch a lot more Mia Farrow. Yeah, you do. I mean, uh, she's so great in Rosemary's Baby and The Last Unicorn and the other ones I can't think of. And The Haunting of Julia. You should see if uh, I need to they see have it. it. Maybe they have it in Movie Madness somehow. Wait, and what's it about? There's a little ghost girl? Mm-hmm. Her daughter dies, and then she's haunted by a ghost. Oh. I wonder why it hasn't gotten any release or attention. I don't know. It's really good. It's based hmm. on a book by uh, Peter Straub, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, hopefully that, hopefully with the new year, that leads to new uh, releases of movies that deserve attention. Like you pointed out <clears throat> on Shocktober, like that, you know, now so many of the ignored film, like like Daughters of Darkness was ignored for so long. Mm-hmm. And now it's every, there's a vinyl release, a 4K release, a retrospective filmography celebration documentary on TV. There's everything. It's weird, right? How <clears throat> films go in and out of vogue that way. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years from now, it will be Suspiria. And we'll say mm-hmm. for oh, really? $5, we'll appear on your special <laughs> Right. <laughs> Yeah. But maybe, who knows what next. I, I would love to see a nice release of um, 
I want to see a slumber party too. I want to see a. Mm. I want to see a 4K killer workout. <laughs> oh God, dare to dream. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's wow. our last episode of 2020. Wow. What do you think about that? That's I honestly, it makes me kind of queasy and a little nauseous. 2020 is almost over. When did... Like you said, all our troubles will be gone. A new year. Yeah. The, Happy New Year, everybody. The karmic etch-a-sketch of inflicted suffering and time will be refreshed to be filled will up be shaken. again. Uh, so we'll be back next year. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Uh, He's a trickster. Yeah. Uh, GaylordsofDarkness.com. You can find all our whatevers. All of them. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, though. We'll be back. Happy New Year. Right? (laughs) Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh my my god. god! Ha, ha, ha.